Hey guys, it's AK and I'm back on Listen Up with b Right, AK and E to the B. Welcome back. We're happy to have you. So Thanks. how was your little vacation? Oh, it was great. It was so great. Uh, I had a relaxing time. I had a fun time. Um, long story short, I went to Abbey Road on the River. It was amazing. There were so many talented bands there that did a lot of tribute songs um, by the Beatles. They also did um, songs from like the 60s and 70s. Like, if you're into that kind of music, oh, you would have had an amazing time because there was just so much talent and, you know, so much to see, so much to listen to. Um, they had, you know, great food there. It, it was just a great time. Like, everybody there has this really positive attitude, you know. You, you don't run into one negative person. It was just awesome. So just all around good vibes. That's good to hear. Yes, yes. Um, there was one little interesting in incident that happened. Um, let's just say they do serve alcoholic drinks there. Um, so somebody got into a fight at a Beatles concert? <laughs> not exactly. Um, it, it Please wasn't... tell me. I, w I want to like hear like the, what, what's the one song? The Peace and Love song and then all of a sudden a fist fight starts breaking out? <laughs> yeah, it'd be so funny if like just this fight breaks out over like who the favorite Beatle is. Like, John's the best Beatle. No, Paul's the best Beatle. No, John is. No, no, George is. No, Ringo is. Like, it's just this all-out big fight. But no, that, that didn't happen. Um, but basically, the incident that did happen was, okay, it was, it was nighttime, um, and they have a roll of porta-potties um, that people can use. And so I had to, like, use it really bad. I could not hold it in any longer. And I hate using porta-potties, but I just, I had to use one. And um, so... Basically, the, the roll of porta potties were kind of like lit up by, you know, some like street lights. So you can actually at least see somewhat of um, what you're doing. So I walked up to one of the porta potties and it clearly had like the green thing on there saying that, you know, it's vacant. You, you can go in. So I opened it up and it was not vacant. There was a guy standing there using the urinal <laughs> and he yells out fuck and I, I just i panicked because i was not expecting anybody to be in there so i i, I was like oh god oh god and i just shut the door and, and just like quickly backed up and i was like <laughs> basically it traumatized me to the point where like i didn't have to pee for a while after that like it just like that urge to pee just went away <laughs> But, like, I, I didn't see anything because, I mean, it was dark, but it was still lit up in the area enough to where I, I knew there was, like, a guy, you know, a guy right there urinating. And it just, it, it, that was interesting, but uh, fortunately there was nothing else that happened that was, you know, bad. It was basically all around good vibes. This is our In Real Life segment where we go over things that happened in our lives it might be inspired by friends or family stories, and we're going to talk about them. So, have either of you had to cut off a friend? Multiple times. Yes, yes I have. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why recently I've been thinking about friendships. Um, I've recently been thinking about a friend that I had to cut off because, <clears throat> well... I'm not going to make this story long, but basically, it's someone that I've known for the past seven years since I've been in Louisville, and I thought this person was really my good friend, and basically, this person has shown me through actions that they're not my friend. Like, one time we were 
supposed to go to the club and go to their place afterwards and I'm like really drunk and they leave my friend left me and I had to catch an uber and it's no one's responsibility to babysit but when you're with your friends you want to feel comfortable and safe and secure and my friend ended up leaving me so I caught an uber home but I was so intoxicated that the uber driver had to stop and give me water I mean I was really like gone that was one time with this friend so basically the uber driver was more caring towards you than your actual friend yeah wow it happened again uh, this time it was much worse we were out in the club having a good time and you know I, I uber when I go out my friend usually takes me home but this time he was out with a couple other friends and what happened was like in the middle of us dancing together he pulls his other friends off the floor and tells me you know have a good night and get home safe no warning we were in another club that I'm not really familiar with and it's, uh, it's a straight club I've been there a couple of times but it's not like my spot where I usually go and it was just weird for me because I was kind of uncomfortable just a little bit. And I'm like, and I'm drunk, and you know, because I'm with my friends. And I'm thinking, that, yeah, you know, you got me. You'll, or you'll tell me, you know, catch an Uber, catch a Lyft. But that didn't happen. So let's just say that when I got out the club, they were across the street. I know this is going to sound immature, but I like basically like cussed my friend out. Well, ex-friend. I cussed him out like bad. And... Took it to social media, posted a couple of things about it. I wasn't able to, to repair the uh, relationship, and I'm not sure if I really wanted to repair the relationship. My therapist actually told me to reach out and try to repair the relationship because, you know, seven years is a long time. But I'm like, if, if it's that easy for you just to leave and not care about my safety or even give me a heads up like, hey, you're going to have to Uber it back home, then what kind of friend are you? Yeah, he, he puts you in a, a dangerous situation, and that's to me, that's not being a friend. A friend cares for you, watches after you. You know, they don't have to necessarily hold your hand like you're a baby, but just at least make sure you're okay. That That's what a friend does, so I, I don't see how, like, at least in my opinion, I don't see how that's repairable. I've been thinking about that lately, and, and I agree 100% with you because... There's been people that we've gone out with who've gotten intoxicated and I've like watched them, walked them out of the club, make sure that they got into the Uber or wherever safely. And I and I feel the way I'm like, you know me and you know, you know, I, I came up there in an Uber and I'm thinking you're gonna take me home and you're not even telling me. It was it was really it's a mess of situation to be in. Like I kinda missed the friendship, but uh I, I still go by, like, the motto, if you go to the club together with your friends, you make sure your friends get home. Yes. Like, no matter what, like, if me or you go out, like we usually do, we usually go out, get severely intoxicated, <laughs> and we usually just end up crashing somewhere, usually at your apartment. Right, right, right. But that's what we're supposed to do, and that's how I feel like a real friend's going to do. They're never going to put you in that situation, because anything could have happened, and like I said, this isn't... A club that I'm particularly like used to going to and to be kind of honest like in my head like you never know what someone's thinking or you know I'm openly gay 
and I'm I'm in a straight club. So what if I'm like looking at somebody and they might take it the wrong way? I'm by myself. Mm. Or someone wanted to like start a fight or something. I'm by myself. And you brought me here and then you just kind of left. Or if I would have gotten into, you know, people get into the wrong Ubers and stuff. There's a lot of things going on in my head. And I'm just like. Yeah, like no matter what. When you're in that state of like severe intoxicity, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And, you, and you never do. People can easily take advantage of you. You know, you you kind of sort of have an idea of what's going on but you you don't have like that control you you can't say you know you can't really defend yourself or you can't really say you know no stop you know you're just kind of like there but you're not there right like when i when i did i did try to reach out i, I tried to do what my therapist had said and it was you know it was ignored and i understand i mean i shouldn't have took it to social media but I just been thinking like I, I I don't desire to be friends with that person again. It's not it's not worth it. You've already shown me more than once that you don't care. They don't care for your well being. That's to me that's not a friend at all. It, it, yeah, exactly. Because a friend should like no matter what. I don't care how close you are. If you're considered a friend and you consider the other person a friend, you want to make sure they're safe, they're okay, that you're not leaving them in a bad spot. Because usually, if you end up in like a really bad spot and you really don't realize it at all. You're just going to put it on the blame on the person that brought you here. Right. Because we, en- we ended up in another club because of his other friends. No. And, and I, I was cool with it. I was cool with it. But, no, I, I understand that. I, I understand, you know, I, I really don't have that desire to rekindle that friendship or even, like, try. It's not worth it. And then, you know, on top of that, instead of, like, us sitting down when I did cool off and everything... I was blown off, like, mm. so it's just like our friendship never really meant much to you. Yeah, that's not worth rekindling at all. Because he's just going to end up, like, this is the second time's a charm, right? Right. The third time, it might even get worse. Right, so, right. That's yeah. what I was thinking, like, maybe we, you know, go somewhere and then, you know, another state or somewhere and then you do this. So I don't, I, one thing about me is that I don't like to question my friends, I like to know where we stand. Because if I got to question you, I feel like I can't trust you. If I can't trust you, I don't want to be around you. Pretty much. It's like if you're questioning like their actions or the way they're treating you, they're not even worth being friends. A friend should just always be together, be so close that they can, you know, be honest with each other. Like even like we had like times when we went out to the bar and you you told me like, hey, if, if I pick up somebody or something like that, <laughs> be prepared to catch a cab. Like when that when that honestly happens, or and I have the same thing. Like if I pick up somebody at the club too, then I'm gonna right. But I'm gonna make sure you good, but you're not doing it like completely drunk. I'm not gonna let you know. I'll be like, yeah, you, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, if you if you let me get shit faced in the cab with some random woman, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. You know me. But but that's that's the thing though, because you got like these shitty people, and they honestly don't see ha- the wrong in it. Probably because they don't see you as part of that friend group. They just see, see you as somebody that you hang out with. That's what yeah. exactly what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, so if one of the girls we were with, if it was them, would you have done that to them? And I know I'm not comparing myself to a female, mm-hmm. but would you have done that to them? Would you would they have been treated the same? Or even if it was one of your other gay friends, would you have done that? Because I don't, I didn't understand where it was coming from. Because you asked me to come out, I came out. I th- you know, I wasn't told, like, hey, because they caught an Uber there, too, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to have to catch your Uber back. Because I would have called my Uber, 
probably 30 minutes before all this would have happened. But it was like no warning. I was literally on the dance floor, baffled. At least, like, have the courtesy to say, hey, we're about to leave. Call That's yourself an Uber. That's what usually happens. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and usually we'll just wait until you're safely into the Uber, and then we'll, I'll text you when you get home. Right. You guys have any experiences y'all want to talk about? Well, I have one in particular. I tried to attempt to rekindle an old friendship of mine. It was basically a childhood friendship. Me and her, we used to live in the same trailer park together. And we were just, like, really good friends. Well, come out uh, a few years later, go to different middle schools, go to a different high uh, end up being in the same high school. We had, like, a three years apart. Well, I tried to, you know, rekindle a friendship just to have one again. Right. Just with this person. Because, honestly, she was a, you know, a childhood friend, so you might as well want to talk to them and see and how those they're are, yeah. Those are always awesome uh, friendships. Especially when someone's known you, for, like, for years. Exactly. So I just wanted to see, like, hey, how she's going and what's up. So I ended up talking to her during high school. I just uh, asked her, hey, you want to just hang out sometime or whatever? She said, oh, yeah, sure. Turn around uh, next week. Nothing's happening. She starts ignoring me, like turning her nose and walking the other way. And I start hearing rumors. I wanted to date her for no reason. Oh, wow. wow. Did you give her any kind of indication that you might have been into her? No indication whatsoever. I would just say, hey, and these were my exact words in the text. Hey, you want to go out to dinner as friends? Because I didn't indication or anything that says, hey, I'm flirting with you. I'm just like, hey, I just want to see where you're at, where you've been. See if we can still be friends. Right. And she took it as, even though I said dinner as friends, she took it as, oh, my God, he's hitting on me. He wants me so bad. I have two things to say about this. Uh, first of all, like, part of me kind of sort of understands like you know where she's coming from because us women we have to kind of assume like basically we have to assume that every guy wants us you know because anytime you know we're nice to a guy we we just simply smile or say hey how you doing you know the the guy will automatically think oh she wants me so like so she could probably have just been extra protective of herself but then again like you said, you said in the text, as friends. So that should be, you know, she should have, like, read that over and thought about it and been like, okay, well, maybe he does just want to be friends. See, one of my exes had a scenario kind of like this, but they, he wasn't, like, childhood friends with this person. Basically, he had met someone through another friend, thought he was cool, wanted to play some video games with him because they were both like geeky and nerds. Mm-hmm. So he hits him up and everything. He's like, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to play some games? And he took it as like he wanted to sleep with him. Like from, from that perspective, I could see the misinterpretation, but you were very direct. So yeah. I'm kind of confused like to where was she getting that from? She wasn't getting that from anywhere because I was never physically or emotionally attracted to her whatsoever. I just thought, hey, we got along as children. I just wanted to see where you're at in life. Right. And then all of a sudden it just turned into I wanted her. And I'm just sitting there like I never wanted you one bit. I don't understand why male-female friendships are, like, so complex like that, where it's either, you know, you you secretly want her or you're waiting. I don't understand it either because, like, I, I've been friends with girls that I never found attractive. I never found attractive or didn't want that type of relationship. I mean, even if you were friends with someone who is attractive, like, it doesn't mean that you always want that person. I, I, oh, hate, no. I really kind of hate that, that you can't have an attractive friend and be a straight male or straight female, and it could just be a friendship. It has to be one of you guys want each other. Like, that, to me, it's stupid. And just sometimes, like, you know, 
when I'm friends with a female, oh, you want her man? Like, I don't want him. There's no indication of that. So I feel you on, on that part, you know. But then again, like, I didn't know this at the time, but she was really good at twisting words for no reason. Oh, so she's like oh. a compulsive liar. Yeah, a compulsive uh. liar. And also she likes to spread rumors or be the center of attention. Oh, okay. And, it's one uh, of those. and I was just yeah. sitting there like, I really never looked at you that way. And now I just see you as a bitch. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. And if, if she is that way, then she's probably said that about, a, you know, a dozen men. A dozen men, but that just makes me feel mad because I was, like, very direct. I was just, like, friends. Yeah. End period. And she took it like, oh, he wanted me. He wanted to take me to dinner. I don't even want to entertain her in her imagination <laughs> of me taking her to dinner. <laughs> so, AK. You were telling me earlier that you had a similar experience with what Eric was saying, where you had these friends that were kind of crossing the, the line. Yes, yes, they were. To make a long story short, me and my husband basically separated for a little bit. We were just going through some stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into any detail, but we were separated at the time. And I had these two friends, these two guy friends that I've known for quite a while. And they always treated me like a friend, and I always treated them like a friend. There was no flirting going on, you know, no, like, no signs of, you know, being attracted to each other. They were just plutonic friends. And um, when they found out that um, I was separated, they basically made their move on me, and they, um, they didn't do it at the same time, but they both around, you know, within like a month or so, basically asked me if I wanted to be friends with benefits. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I felt so uncomfortable with that. I, I did not. It like, just, it crossed the line. Like, when did it all start beginning? Like, I know that, that period where you, you and your husband weren't together together. Like, was it, like, slowly, gradually, like, they wanted to hang out with you more? Or was this, like, via text messages? Um, basically, on a normal basis, like we usually did and I guess the more that we hung out and the more they found out that you know we were going through some stuff I guess they just thought that so they saw it as more of an opportunity yes and it was just so weird and so uncomfortable and it made me question did you see me as a friend but you know you just saw an opportunity or was I always an opportunity like you know was I just a friend that turned into opportunity or was I always an opportunity so you're in the same boat as me like you're questioning the attention behind that friendship yeah like were were they friends with me because they actually cared about me as a friend and they were just you know lonely and horny and they saw me as you know well, hey, she's available now. Or, you know, or was was I always, you know... Were you always in their mind, this is possible I can get with this person? Exactly, exactly. And I, I feel like that just after that, I, I, I couldn't be friends with them anymore because it's like now, you know, anytime we would hang out, I would be questioning, okay, well, what, what are they thinking? What, what are their motives? What do they want to do? You know, it just felt like I couldn't trust them anymore. I couldn't trust their motives. I mean, I, I hate to say this because I kind of find this behavior immature, but I basically ghosted them. Like, I, I, had, I felt like there was just no other way around it. I don't see it as ghosting more. You were protecting yourselves and you felt like your boundaries were violated. They, yeah, they were. They were violated. Because sometimes, you know, you have to do things like that 
to remove yourself out of a situation, especially when you feel like people who are involved in there won't understand what they did wrong. I wouldn't say you go to them, you just, it crossed the line and it's kind of like for you a point of no return. Exactly. And I also felt like I was, you know, even though me and my husband were separated, I felt like it was, it was disrespectful towards him because they, they knew him as well and they, they were friends oh, with him. Shit. And they violated bro code. Right. Yes. Yes. Hardcore. They, did. they violated yes, bro they, code. Yes. See, so yeah, they, they, they crossed the line with me and they violated the bro code. See, I so could, I could totally get behind what AK is saying because if you know, I'm, if I know you and you know me, like whoever I was dealing with, you don't try to go kick it with that person. Oh no, definitely not. Because like I had that whole entire thing with my best friend, uh, him and his uh, girlfriend broke up for a period of time. I didn't try to go out of my way to go after her mainly because that violated all types of bro codes. See the person that I was sitting there talking about, that person's actually like friends with my ex, and oh, they weren't uh, friends when they were not friends when. Me and him were together. We never all hung out or anything, but magically you're friends. Yeah, I, I peep stuff. <laughs> but no, I, I understand because I felt a way about that. Like when I stopped being friends, someone else who I was friends with brought that to my attention. They're like, "Do you know that he's friends with your ex, right?" And I was shocked because they've never met. To my knowledge, they've never met. I don't understand how that even happened. But, you know, people out there are thirsty. Oh, yeah. It's very, very thirsty. I mean, because that's what your situation sounds like. Yeah. Like, they, they were both thirsty. And like I said, it, they didn't ask me or approach me at the same exact time. There was like a month or so in between. But, yeah, they were both just, you know, I guess saw me as, hey, she's... You know, she, oh, she's not with her husband right now, so... Right, you're free and available. That's yeah. probably what they were thinking. Yeah, to me, that's just completely not right. That It just baffles me, because what what were they thinking? Like, if you never, like, made any, like, flirtatious movements towards them, or you're not, like, overly flirty, if you're just like, hey, bro, what's up? Yeah. If you if you were like that, I'd know where the line is. Right. Yeah. Like, I had other female friends, and I knew where I stood. Because I wouldn't cross that line because I'll potentially waste a good friend. So I feel like, yeah, they just basically threw a friendship, you know, down the drain because of their fucking... Horniness? Yeah. Okay, everybody, this is What Is Going On. This is our segment where we cover, like, general news or any general topics that we have going on. So what do we have going on? So, news from via the Neighborhood Talk. There's a story about a 10-year-old who threatened to do a mass shooting. Oh, God. How? Like, why would he do that? That's, that shit is not even funny with the recent events. Yeah. From the article, it says that it was supposed to be, like, a practical joke. And even when I was younger, you didn't joke about bomb threats, stabbing somebody, shooting up the school... But, like you said, with the current events going on and, you know, just the road today, you can't take any chances. They actually arrested this boy. They should have because, like, that's an active threat no matter how you put it. Even though they say jokingly, there's no, there's no punchline when you say shoot up a school. Exactly. There's no joking about killing people, especially kids. Like, there, there's no joke. There's no, nothing to laugh about. My thing is, we're the parents. We're the parents. Why is your child thinking that it would be funny to make such a joke 
And also, then again, parents don't really pay attention to what their kids are doing on their phone usually. Like, usually they use the phone as a secondary babysitter, and they usually don't care what they... It's the same thing, when, like, a few weeks ago when we had that internet discussion. It's the same thing with the phones. You don't know what they're conversating about. I mean, that's true, but where is a 10-year-old really, like, getting this from? And I don't want to hear video games and movies because we all know it's fictional. I mean, I understood that movies, television, songs... Some of that's not real and not to follow that. Like, it just seems like when people, you know, complain and say, oh, it's video games. I'm like, what kind of weak-minded individuals are you raising? That's always a question for me. Like, if your kids are so easily influenced by an actor or... An actor or a video game or any type of medium whatsoever that's involved with around entertainment... Because I see that a lot because people usually point the blame to one particular thing. Like, I've seen memes being posted up of just a, a regular family blaming, like, the guns in the situation. But in their kid, in the background, the kid is playing a video game and he's shouting, kill them all. Like, I've been seeing a whole lot of that. And the video games are getting a lot of black over that, too. Well, they shouldn't because people should monitor what their kids are playing and what they're watching or what they're listening to. I know my parents did. Just to let you guys know... He didn't get off free with this. He's currently going to be serving 21 days inside of a detention center. And they're saying that he's crying all day. And I think that's a light. I think he should have probably got all, his whole summer taken away. Yes. And when you get out, you're going to go to a military school. 21 days is nothing. I mean, to a child, I know it's probably going to be a longer time. But I think he needs to learn, like, a real lesson. Yes, he does. And I feel like... I know he's 10, but I don't I don't I don't feel any remorse when he's, you know, crying all day like you're still okay, you're still a kid, but you're old enough to know better. Why are you crying? But also here's the thing, it's like more well deserved if he had a lot more time to be put in because he can really see the gravity of his actions. Because 21 days, yeah, that's not long at all. No. Sure to a kid it will feel long, but to a, like a regular punishment that's not long at all i say for that model threat it should like you said be right like the whole entire summer taken away and straight to military camp and restricted just extremely restriction on all technology i agree because you have to be able to handle these things when you're out on the street but you need to understand there are consequences to things that you're doing that's the age that you want to teach a child a lesson you it's basic discipline right because, like, if you, if you just let them get off, like, kind of scot-free from this, I mean, essentially, it probably might happen, or he might do another threat again, and he's just going to think, well, my sentencing, my sentencing was light then, so why can't it be light now? Right. Uh, he's going to assume that it's always going to be just a slap on the wrist, and that's it. And other, you know, children who may want to follow this for whatever reason, there's a story out in Michigan of a 12-year-old who robbed a gas station, came in there with his um, father's gun, and, you know, he waited in the line, pointed the gun at the clerk, told her to give her all the money. She asked him, was he serious? He fired a shot in the air and said, yeah. And here we go again with how are they, these kids getting a hold of these guns? How? Like, how, like did, the, did the father have, a, like, a gun safe? Supposedly it was locked up. Supposedly, so why does your child know the combination to it? Why does your child have access to the key? 
that shouldn't be like regularly accessed at all. But then again, the blame is mostly on the parents and also the child as well. Because when I was 12, you didn't think about going and grabbing a gun and robbing a store. You know, we did things like mow grass, rake leaves. Um, remember my mom buying us candy to sell. We did creative things to try to make extra pocket money. But robbing people, that wasn't that wasn't it. I, I was yeah, I was out riding my bike, drawing, collecting Pokemon cards. I, I was not at all thinking anything about harming somebody, getting a hold of a gun or any sort of weapon. Like that was the last thing I would have thought about at that age. Hell, I was like back when I was twelve. I was playing violent video games. I mean, but, but, but you weren't acting on it though. But, but at the same time, it's just like, what gets you, what gets in a child's mind that it's okay to go up and rob somebody at gunpoint? And also, he fired a shot. That's attempted murder in my book. Oh, yeah. they said he's facing a whole bunch of charges. He should be facing a whole shit ton of charges. Is he going to get charged as an adult or anything like that? They're talking about charging him as an adult, but I don't know. Okay. Because one funny thing that I've noticed is the kid in Florida, the 10-year-old we were just talking about, mm -hmm. they showed his face and his mugshot. But this kid, I've seen a video without without it being blurred, but they're not releasing his image or his mugshot, and he's he's white. So it's, it's, it's interesting, because it's going to be different, you know? No, they shouldn't blur a face of a person that did a serious crime. I, hey, I agree with yeah. you. If you're grown enough to sit there and walk into a store and demand money and fire off a shot... You, you get those consequences that come with it because if it was an adult or I feel like if it was a child of color, they're going to be plastered all over. Yeah, and what I don't understand is like usually just when it comes to children like in general, like have you guys ever watched like a documentary or something and the child done something really fucked up and they just blur their face the whole entire time even though it's the face of pure evil? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I want to know what these little bastards look like. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I know. But then again, you have people like grown-ass people that will come over there and just know by their face and looks, will try to hunt these kids down. So you never know. It's, it's kind of like a double entendre in a way. It is. I just think if you're grown enough to do some shit like that, then you should get what's coming to you. And I'm not saying adults attack children or anything like that. But part of it is that humiliation, them putting you, you know, out there. Because I want to know who's who I'm living next door to. I want to know what you did. I want to know if you're in my business, you know, I need to watch you. Or just stay out of your fucking way. Right. Mm. Like, I, I do agree upon that. Because if they're grown enough to make that decision, hey, I'm going to be Billy Badass and I'm going to rob a store or threaten to shoot up my school, they need to sh show their face. Just like, okay, these kids are possible for violent actions. And one more thing that relates to all this, there was a, a story out in Florida of um, there was an altercation between two adult females. One of them had her 10-year-old daughter there. She gave her daughter the backpack, and within the backpack it contained her gun. Her daughter shot and killed a 43-year-old woman. The fuck? How are you, like, mishandling, like, guns, though? Like, how do you misplace a gun? She didn't misplace that. She knew it was there. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. It's just. It's interesting to see all these stories of children having these firearms and how accessible they are, and it, it's it's getting out of control because every other day it seems like I'm reading a new story of 
gun violence and it's getting younger and younger and younger. I'm like, you know, the whole Uvalde thing has me really thinking, like, where does it end? When, when do people become liable for things like this? But they are charging the mother with uh, manslaughter. Now that should have been murder because she gave her the device to kill. Right, right. Because I'm pretty sure they, they'll upgrade it to murder. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, at least a murder in the third degree. Because she assisted with that murder. So, I mean, it was it planned? Like, was the mother wanting the daughter to actually kill somebody? I mean, she handed her daughter the backpack and the gun was in there. Her daughter took it out and fired. Like, what kind of parent are you? Yeah. Like, at 10, I didn't even have access to firearms. I mean, at 10, I wouldn't have thought about shooting anybody. No. Like... Like, I, I didn't like people, but I never thought of, like, shooting and killing somebody. At 10, I had a water gun, and that's about it. <laughs> Something crazy, and I know I'm sidelined. I'm not going to make this long. But my parents wouldn't even allow us to have any kind of guns. Any. Oh, like, any type of representation of No, uh-uh. Oh, okay. That, None. I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. Okay, I have one story that I would like to share. And it's going to be kind of a short story, mainly because there's not, like, a whole lot of news around it. But this one woman is going through trial. She evaded taxes for about a, about around 10 years. Damn. Yeah, she evaded taxes. But on her receipts, she, they figured out that she spent 800000 on vacation. Damn, did she go to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> she must have. But like, she was like running a medical firm for her husband. She was handling all the financials. And she was, oh. she was taking the firm's money out and now you know quote unquote saving the money but all of it was going into her purse and she managed to avoid taxes up until now i'm shocked because they they were hunting the people with the pp uh loans so i'm shocked that she was able to evade it for so long exactly like how how do you go like eight hundred thousand without you know seeing something's go wrong where was she going did they say uh, she better like travel the whole all, all around the world all of europe all of you know asia all of she america better stay in the best of hotels and ate the best foods and seen the best she better touch them on the lease <laughs> she better like walked up and like just licked the <laughs> licked the roman coliseum i mean that's a lot of money yeah. that's a lot of money for tra- just for traveling yeah, just for traveling. We don't know how many people she took or anything, but on herself, she spent $800,000 on vacation. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I could do a lot with that money. I could do a lot of, you know, productive things with that, not just go on vacation. And- I'm shit. That's enough money to buy a house, two cars, yeah. and then still go on vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. All I'm going to say is make sure you're paying your taxes and I would not want to owe whatever she's going to owe when they calculate all this. Plus, they're going to, you know, tack on the interest. So, she's about to... And she's going to do time over this. Oh, yeah. And if she can't cough off dough, she is going to go into... I wouldn't say, like, a federal prison, but it'll be more of a white-collar prison at the end of the day. Yeah, she's got some years. They've, they've locked rappers and movie stars and all types of people up for owing on those taxes. You know, Uncle Sam don't play. Yeah, no. but they say... Do not mess the IRS. Right. Never fuck with them because shit, they, they find out things quick. So my story is a kind of a short story as well. And it's a little bit more uplifting. You know, just try to make the mood, you know, a little bit more positive with all the stuff going on out in the world. So this Italian street artist named Chibo, which um, is an Italian word for food, has became well known for 
spreading positive messages by basically covering up um, racist, fascist, just hateful graffiti with like beautiful, brightly colored artwork, and it's all food. He'll go around his city of Verona, and he'll basically just hunt out anything negative, anything that has to do with racism, fascism, swastikas, anything like that. Anything that, you know, brings people down, that, you know, represents hate. And he'll just create these, you know, hateful images into beautiful food images. And I've, I've seen some of them. I've seen his murals and they are, he's talented. He's really talented. Um, there was one time where he did a, and he's really fast too, because in about a 15 minute period, he painted a pizza and a Capri salad over some racial slurs and covered up a swastika with a big tomato. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but like it's to me, it's like positive and uplifting. Um, he has a Instagram. You can follow him at cibo. dot o o o o. So that's four O's. It's just it to me, it's inspiring because you know he's taking negative images, negative words, and he's turning it into art. And like he studied art and design. He started doing this artwork because his, one of his classmates that he was close to was murdered by a hate group. And so it just basically inspired him to just get rid of all the hate, you know, anything that has to do with negativity and just turn it into beautiful artwork. And like I said, you know, you might be thinking he's, he's spray painting food everywhere, but it's it's beautiful and it's definitely hey, food is beautiful <laughs> yes it is yes it is but tell you the truth we do need more people out here like him right yes because yeah. turning hatred into something actually beautiful we actually do need that we do we do i agree it just reminds me of like uh you know same graffiti artist just doing the same thing but obviously this guy had hit big on the news probably because he's doing a lot more projects of it yes like he's basically going everywhere in the city and around the city and just finding anything that he can to cover up you know bad negative graffiti and he'll do like just murals for the heck of it too you know he it doesn't necessarily have to be because he's covering something up but just to bring something beautiful into the world as an art nerd i appreciate that kind of stuff and i appreciate like the positivity he's trying to bring right because you never know. It, it could write someone's day. And I'm pretty sure they appreciate not seeing all the hateful messages and the symbolisms that, you know, people put on these buildings. So I commend him for doing that. Stepping up, taking care of his community. Like EB said, we really do need people to step up and care about the community. And, you know, spread more positive so we don't have to report on these stories about 10-year-olds with guns and, you know... Sh massacres and all that i mean we would love to have like a just nothing but a positive news week but yeah most of the, everything that's in our in your face right now is just other super negative okay before we end this segment i just wanted to talk about this uh story that's kind of went viral it's all over the internet it's a birthday dinner and the bill came up to 2500 and in this video, you have a group of people who are like literally arguing over who should pay the bill. So, my, I have a question for you guys. Who do you think is responsible for a bill 
like <laughs> do you think the birthday person should have paid or do you think each person should have paid like what are your thoughts each person should have paid well first of all my thoughts are how in the hell do you rack up such a big bill like i have never spent that much money on a birthday nor have i known anybody to spend that much money on a birthday well, it depends because, you know, if you get some good liquor and you go to one of those upscale restaurants with a good steak, I mean, that stuff could get costly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming, like, these are, like, over-alcoholic drinks that are really expensive. Probably, like, the person that had the birthday was just like, okay, let's lift it up. Let's bring out the good wine. Right. Or something yeah. like that. I'll break out the expensive champagne. The top shelves. Uh. The top shelves and just split up among all of us. But at the end of the day, they should just all split it theoretically. Yeah. And my next question to you guys, how do you feel about, like, when you go out with a friend? Because this doesn't have to, this happens, you know, not just with birthday dinners, but even going out, some people may not have it. Are you okay with, like, covering people if they don't have it? Or do you believe people should just fall back? Because I'm the type of person, if I know you don't have it and I have it, and I really want you there, then I'll, you know, I'll cover it. But I, I don't know if I'll cover that much, but I'll usually co don't mind. Like, if, if it came to, like, you know, 150 or something like that, then fine. But what I you're saying is the price is it has to be right in order for you to pay. I'm not paying. <laughs> I'm not paying two thousand dollars for. Why not? Money. Why? Why haven't I got a two thousand dollar dinner yet? <laughs> Same here. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. Hey, okay, should we just like all three go out and just you know order the most top expensive shelf I, thing I, I, and put I, it on B.R.I.? I say yes. I feel like I'm a sugar daddy now without getting no sugar. <laughs> I mean, the best I could offer is Splenda. <laughs> but do you? I mean, I've been in a situation where I've actually, like, paid for friends, but... I have, too. It just depends on the type of friend that you have. If you, if they say, hey, man, like, if I invite somebody out and say, hey, man, I don't got the money, I said, okay, I can get you. But if that motherfucker just, you know, goes, like, top shelf, top food, I'm going to make you spend, like, 250 bucks, I'm just like, <laughs> friendship over. No, I agree. You shouldn't be greedy with it. Someone's trying to be nice and, you know, like just treat you to a nice meal. Something you can't do yourself. I, I believe in being, you know, courteous as the person who's receiving. Unless my friend's like, hey, whatever you want, it, it's fine. I don't care. There's not a limit. You know, exactly. I ain't yeah. never had that happen. <laughs> it's a, I've, I've covered people's, you know, bills before. And um, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. And vice versa but like i usually if i say you know hey i'm sorry i don't have the money for this and they're willing more than willing to pay i usually look for the cheapest thing on the menu i don't care if it's something that i usually wouldn't eat i'm courteous enough to pick out like the cheapest thing on the menu so i don't so. like people doing that like if I'm treating you to a nice meal and I'm like we're going to this nice restaurant like please enjoy I mean, it would especially if I know. I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but it's just like, I want you to have an experience. That's why I'm bringing you here. I, I used to do that all the time for uh, my best friend when he was alive. You know, not saying he was broke or anything, but sometimes, you know, I had a little more and I'm like, go ahead, order what you want, what you want to eat, you know, enjoy your drinks. Let, let's enjoy it. Because sometimes it's just about having a good time. But definitely in this case, I think. I don't know. I feel like 
they weren't using their heads. <laughs> he split the bill. Yeah. I mean, from the video, they just they were just like yelling, shouting, "No, I'm not paying. You're paying." <laughs> I, I'm just sitting there like there's this one girl that in the in the back was just like, "We got money. Come on, right. let me pay it." And they're so freaking out. I'm not paying this fucking shit. <laughs> and it, it's just overall hilarious. But it also depends too. Like, do these people go into this restaurant? You know, hoping that they will pay the bill, or did they know that they were coming? Ooh, the that's some sneaky shit. Yeah, because it, that might be fuck. some that might be some sneaky shit being played off. Because you know, you might have like a friend, and I usually cut off people for much less, but I've cut off people for this too. Is like you go to a restaurant, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, well, I'll hang out at the restaurant, go get something to eat," and they're like, "Man, I can't afford it." No, I've experienced that a couple of times, and I don't like that. Like. You know, if I'm not offering to pay for you, at least tell me up front, like, hey, do you have it or ask. That that piss me off. Yeah, but if you just don't say nothing and then the bill comes up, just like, man, I can't cover this. And you're just like, why the fuck did you come in the first place? Yeah. Right. I'd be like, you better go back in the back and start washing them dishes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Mopping the floors and everything. Right. <laughs> like, I agree to, like, a two-way dinner, and if I agree to pay for somebody's way, then yeah, I'll pay for somebody's way. But if you you know don't agree to pay somebody's way, I'm gonna assume you're gonna pay your own way. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, usually, like, if, if form the form of payment isn't discussed, you know, I will assume that you know they're paying for theirs. I'm paying for mine. So you know, I pick out what I can afford, and then you know, I'm assuming that they're picking out what they can, and you know, I I just. And I, I, I feel like, like I said, if it wasn't discussed beforehand and, you know, I'm about ready to pay and they're like, oh, no, 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 I got, I, you know, I got this. You know, if it wasn't discussed beforehand, that's kind of like, well, I just got my card out. I'm about, I was just about to get it, you know. I've done that to you. <laughs> it's like. You know, sometimes it's a treat. It's like, okay, you know, I could pay. We were doing that in New York. Yeah, we were like flipping the bill on each other sometimes. Like when it came to food, it's just like one day you're like, okay, Eric, I got you. And then the next day I'm like, Brian, I got you. Right, right. <laughs> it was just like, that's what a friendship should be. It's just like, okay, you got me, I got you. Right, because yeah. I'm telling you, if I was these uh, people, well, if I were the host, I swear I saw everybody in there. Like, no one's going to step forward and be like, okay, let's. You know, let's straighten this out. Let's let's get this figured out. But what kills me is that they they're all adults and they can't discuss it without yelling. <laughs> Man, like they're in the fancy ass restaurant. They're all dressed nice. And they're out here. No fuck you, motherfucker. I mean, and I'm just sitting there. You're just like, huh? Two thousand five hundred dollars is, is is a lot. So I, I, I mean, I it's a lot, but it's not a lot to yell over. Especially yeah. if you have like, yeah. okay, let's just say at max you have like. Maybe ten people there. I'm assuming that this was a large gathering or a large group. I'm assuming they didn't say exactly how many people, but I'm gonna assume because of the price tag, it was probably a good amount. We'll go with ten. Yeah, let's go with ten. Ten ways, two thousand five hundred. That's I mean, like what? How much is it? Wouldn't that be two fifty? It might be two fifty. It might be like two fifty each. Uh, <laughs> We are that. calculating this at the moment because <laughs> yeah. we are terrible at math. Uh, yes, I I will admit right now. Yeah, it's two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, AK, you got it right on the first time. Huh? Right. Damn, and I'm I'm horrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, two fifty. Two fifty ain't a lot. No, okay. I mean, it's it a down. lot in one night in a dinner, but still. Yeah, if you break it down, if if you're if you're 
you know, buying like prime rib and that could run you like 150 alone. And then if you're getting these drinks, because some drinks will run you like $50 just for a drink. Or if you're, you know, really doing it up and you're getting a bottle, yeah, that should have, that'll run up really quickly. Like if I knew my friend group was going to do this, I would be like, okay, everybody go to McDonald's. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not doing no McDonald's for your birthday. We're gonna have a nice meal. I would pay for a nice meal before I go to McDonald's for your birthday. <laughs> because of how I feel about it, if like if I show like uh, go with these group of people, I'm expecting them to play their own way. In in my honesty, right? Like I, I think the birthday person should be paid for personally, but you know everyone's not like that. But just uh, a, like these. Uh, the people uh, that were, you know, not upset over it, they probably had a lot of money to begin with, you know, just to be able to live that life lifestyle because that restaurant was nice, nice. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this before we wrap it up. You should, as a host, or you're inviting someone somewhere, you should give them notice, like, hey, this is kind of expensive. I don't know how much were you willing to spend. I, I do tell people if I'm going out somewhere and it's particularly I know it's expensive, I will let you know. And it's not like you're broke or anything. Because sometimes you don't want to spend $250 on the mill. You don't want to spend $100 on the mill. But also, that comes to the thing. Read the price tags before you buy Some something. of these restaurants don't have... <laughs> yeah, the, the, they that, don't, that especially is, the drinks. Wait, hold up. Wait, there's no price tags at all? Well, there's some menus that I've been to restaurants. There's some menus that don't actually show you the price. No, I'll, I'll be over there annoying the raider. How much does this cost? <laughs> How much does this cost? Because I'm like one of those type of people that get overly aggravated if I don't know the price of things. That's like when we went to Tiffany's and I couldn't oh, see the price yeah. tag on the shit. <laughs> I was just sitting there just like, "How much is it for this one jewel?" And and and, and I remember Brian just looking over me. Uh, if you don't if you can't afford it, you don't know. It's rule thumb. If you can't afford it, what is it? Oh my God! You made me forget. If you don't know what, if you don't know how much, if it you costs, gotta, if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah, there but at go. the same time, you you'd like to know though. Like, okay, maybe like, okay, this thing costs like ten thousand dollars. I can save up ten thousand to buy it. Look, we gonna we gonna wrap this up. <laughs> uh, Google the restaurants, read the reviews before you order that steak, and that bitch is. <laughs> Before it's two hundred and fifty dollars worth of discuss the budget, discuss who's going to pay for what, discuss it way ahead of time. Ask the waiter. <laughs> Ask the waiter what the fuck the price is, or the owner. I, I would go up to the chain of command and ask. <laughs> like, why is this one hundred fifty bucks? This next segment is called Go Off, where we all go off on anything and everything that comes to our minds that we just feel really passionate about, angry about, or we just simply want to talk about. Okay, I have one in particular go off for the segment. I just want to go off on the fact that one of my favorite manga authors has passed away last year, and these articles keep on cropping up all the time on my least timeline because I search for this stuff. Mm. And I sometimes when I'm not actively searching for it. But it, this author has been dead for more than a year and they're still speculating, hey, is, is more material going to come out or is somebody else going to continue the story? And I'm just tired, I'm sick of tired of, you know, that false hope being given. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, this is a series that is near to, and dear to me and I cannot stand when somebody goes like, well, it might come back and it might not. And I'm just sitting there like, you wrote a full, whole-ass article explaining how it can come back. 
and it's not actually official. And, I, and I'm saying this on behalf on all Berserk fans. It's either you either have to leave it in the ground or it has to come up at some point. I just say leave it in the ground and nobody touch it. That's the same thing that happened when Amy Winehouse passed away. They were talking about a album that she was working on and it was supposed to be like a reggae album. And I feel like these outlets don't realize that these people have fans who love them and respect their work and they kind of just drag something out, you know, that's not going to happen and getting everyone hopes up, you know, think that's wrong. I mean, at some point you yeah. have to let it like rest in peace. Yeah, you, you, sometimes you just have to lay things where it's at because Kentaro Mira, the author of Berserk, like he was my pretty much inspiration some of the, some of the times and I grew up reading him. I spent years reading that manga and it's pretty much like a mentor to me and you guys are just keep on bringing up his name and acting like his legacy doesn't mean anything. It's, it sounds like they're just being downright disrespectful. I mean it is. I mean I'd rather just have it buried. Right. Just move on. Yeah. And enjoy enjoy what we have had of him. I I feel that Okay, so my go off, as you guys know, you know, Juneteenth, Black Independence Day is gaining traction. And there's been a lot of controversy because people are using stereotypes like chicken and waffles, or there was the Walmart ice cream issue where they were having red velvet cake with um, cheesecake flavor ice cream and you had the Indianapolis Children's Museum they were serving watermelon salad for Juneteenth so the issues like with any other holiday or that's ethnic like can you guys please start learning about black people or black Americans like we don't all sit around and eat chicken and watermelons and drink grape juice like these stereotypes are these stereotypes are within our culture and it's really sad. It's sad that, you know, we've been here for so long and, and I don't you're just know sick anymore. of seeing it. I, yeah, yeah, like come on. Like we're more complex than that. Like every black person is not, doesn't every black person does not love chicken and watermelon grape juice. <laughs> like that stereotype is so played out. And it's ignorant. I mean, those are like very old ways of thinking too at the same time because it's just like, like I said, most things racism, it gets passed down to the dinner table. So as soon as it gets passed down, just like, oh, these stereotypes are only applied to black people, then people are like, okay, so all black people like these. But it's just primarily old ways of thinking. It's 2022. It's time we get past yeah, it, this way of thinking. We have social media. Ignorance or, will, consider, will always continue. Or if, you, if these companies want to be sued celebrate no not sue because i don't i don't think you could sue them but we could definitely shut them down because you know because the black buying power is it's the strongest buying power but what i'm saying is if you guys want to celebrate juneteenth and everything at least hire african americans to be involved with your products that you guys are pushing out there for this uh holiday because this is our fourth of july this is this is when you know, the last slaves were free. It's a, it's a very special day. I didn't understand it when I was younger. 
But now I do understand the significance of Juneteenth. And it needs to be respected. It's not just, you know, to make a quick dollar. This is something that's, like, very important, just like the 4th of July. So these companies need to be a lot more mindful. I want to see black leadership in charge of these products that we could, that they're selling to us. Some that you can put your, you know, go like, okay, yes, I, I respect this product. Yeah. Okay. Not 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 no gimmicky shit. Like I'm I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of feeling like second class. Like I want to feel like when I see Juneteenth, I want to feel like it's the Fourth of July because for African Americans in particular, it is our Fourth of July. The Fourth of July, you know, we were still slaves in in chains when when the original Fourth of July was celebrated. But this Juneteenth is really important because that's emancipation for the last ladies that were in Texas. So if these companies could just be mindful of what they're doing and not just try to make a quick dollar out of it and make it a joke, like I would greatly appreciate it. Because I mean, it's don't, delicate. Why, like why don't they have somebody in like, you know, African American in like the marketing team? They need to. Because they need to bring bring <clears throat> us on board for certain things they do. Like because you never know what a community needs until you actually speak to I mean, somebody with we, a community. But we know or a community insult, wants our needs. But we know the insult with chicken, with watermelon, with great drink as they call it. You, you we, we know the significance of that. It's it's all from Jim Crow era. Yeah, like the Jim Crow era. Yeah, that's 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 where it's from. And it's time to like stop the bullshit. Get us on board. If you want to celebrate our holiday, like Get some African Americans involved, so we have a say of what's you know what's okay and what's not. Because the stereotype shit is is old, it's outdated. It needs to stop. We we should be beyond it I'm, in twenty twenty two. I'm just surprised like nobody has spoke up just with this shit. Well, they I because mean, they're like okay, what we're doing is clearly really terrible right now. No, they keep on apology. See what happens if we get a bullshit ass apology. Uh, we're, we're, we're we're sorry. No, it, like if you hear that shit in the like if Lex this to say if I heard that in a bo- uh, board meeting, I'll be like, okay, so why is a bunch of white men trying to decide on what a black community wants? Exactly, like, or you know any type of other ethnicity. It's just like we should have somebody representing this. And there's plenty of us out there. I mean, pretty much. Reach out degrees. to the, these restaurants. Reach out to these product brands that specialize in like African American skincare, hair care, food. They're they're out there, and all you have to do is make a call or do a little research. But we, you know, it's it's just that stigma. You know, we all like this. We all like chicken, and, and to be honest, I don't like chicken, and I don't like watermelon. And I don't really care for grape soda or juice or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't care for it like that. Like, not all of us are, are exactly the same. I'm not saying that there aren't African Americans who don't like chicken and, you know, waffles and all that. But but as soon as you stereotype it into, like, put put you all in the basket, go like, makes you not you wanna, all, they, all of them like this. It, it makes you, like, it makes you not want to eat that stuff. It, sometimes yeah you because know? you feel like you're giving into the stereotype right yeah it's just like yeah. any oh god because like i cannot see like it like any reasonable person like eating that stuff out and about when they know they're being stereotyped for liking that type of food right <clears throat> well before i wrap this up i remember a couple years ago um it was a forum, and there was like some type of debate about watermelon and about black people eating watermelon 
and a lot of black people were responding to it and like they don't like to eat watermelon because of the stereotype you know like in public because yeah. of that you know niggas like um watermelons like that stuff you know it plays with you yeah, especially, like, that, that would just eliminate a whole entire food, and especially if you like that food. I mean, especially when, we, remember I told the story about how the lady, when I worked at uh, Joanne Fabrics, how she handed me the KFC. Yeah, the KFC coupon. coupon. And I was offended, because I'm like, okay, not every black person likes chicken. Like, I'm one of those. I, I'll eat it, but it's not, like, my favorite thing, and I just can't wait to have fucking chicken. Like, that bitch slid me the coupon, and say you could have a snack after work, like not not asking, hey, do you like chicken? Do you enjoy KFC? Because I have a coupon for this off. Nothing like that. But it seems like these companies are doing the same thing. Like to me, it just seems like they're doing the same thing. They're not asking questions. You could yeah. feel free. Seriously, if if you have like a workplace party or a celebration for Juneteenth. Um, ask your African American uh, friends, coworkers. You know what, what would be acceptable. Don't stereotype and think, "Oh, I'm gonna bring watermelon and I'm gonna bring in grape juice and Kool Aid because that's what they like." Because some of us don't like that shit. Okay, so my go off is about people who share way too much information about their sex life, especially when I did not ask at all about it. Um, for example, I knew this guy, uh, he's an older guy, he out of the blue decides to tell me about, um, his neighbors that were basically fornicating in the middle of the night outside and how he heard the noises and how he could see some of what, what was going on and I did not ask him for this information. I don't know why he decided to tell me this, but it made me feel really weird and uncomfortable, and I don't appreciate it when people like that tell me that kind of stuff. I wouldn't appreciate that either. Like, so he just randomly just came and said, hey, my neighbor's ass getting it on? Like, it was, you know, there was, like, some small talk but it just somehow just randomly led into that. And I'm like... <sighs> okay, so it was just basically go like, okay, how's this guy? Oh, by the way, I like to watch my neighbors fucking jack off do it. I mean, he just slid it I mean, I mean, just pretty much. Yeah. Just yeah. like, how's this guy? Oh, man. That means he just slid it in with the general conversation you think is about to be just friendly. And then it's like, oh, yeah, so my neighbors are upstairs like fucking... Yeah, and just like... Yeah, that's 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 very odd. It is. It is very odd, and it made me feel very uncomfortable. And just things like that make me feel uncomfortable. You know, when when people that I don't really know decide to tell me stuff like that, and especially when they also ask me about like my sex life, it's like, why do you want to know? Wow. See, you should have been on the last episode when we talked about boundaries. Because that's, yes. that's boundaries. It's all boundaries. And for anyone to come up to you and just randomly talk about their sex lives or, you know, ask about yours, that's, that's totally out of line. Yeah. And it, especially as a woman and having, like, men 
say that kind of stuff or ask me those kind of questions, it's like, what, what are you up to? Like, like that, that doesn't, you know, I don't like that. You're making me feel uncomfortable. What, what are your intentions? Why are you telling me this? So you just have like also random dudes, not just that one instance. You just have multiple instances of like random dudes just walking up, just like, so what do you like in this sexual manner? I have, but that one just stuck out the most. That one just creeped me out the most. It was just the way it was just happened. And oh just, god, see, um, I've been at parties and um, people like to brag and boast about what they could do. So I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. and <clears throat> even in those settings when you know everyone's kind of like talking, sometimes when it's someone you really, really don't know. And they're just saying this, that, and the third. It does get uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's it's like, I don't go around asking people, you know, oh, what what do you do in bed? What what do you like to do? What, what are your kinks and fetishes? I'd, no, if you did that, they're going to think you want it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm protecting myself and I'm respecting myself. And I feel like people you know like that should respect me and my boundaries but they're not they're trying to see where you are so yeah you test the temperature of the water that's that's a tactic that people use like oh if i say i do this with this you know banana let's just say <laughs> i could put it all the way down my throat maybe you know you'll be like oh let me take you home or you know let me test it out like i, yeah. I i've known people to do that especially like in the club People will say some wild shit and have you just scratching your head like, did you really just say that? I don't even know you. <laughs> and there's been times where, you know, I'll just be like, just in, out in public passing by. And, you know, I, I know it's natural for people to talk about sex, but it's like out in public, you know, I'll pass by somebody and I'll just overhear, you know, and his dick was just long and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, why are you talking about this in public? What? We're in a grocery store. What, what the fuck are you talking like hold up maybe this is their kink though <laughs> because they're like they're probably getting off just like yes that lady in owl three heard me from aisle number one yes <laughs> i mean there's weird fetishes out there so there, there are somebody. but i mean it's like some of these fetishes also you know cross people's boundaries like i mean okay maybe that's the only way you can get off but you i don't know you you just have to think about other people and the fact that it makes them feel uncomfortable. Like if you, you know, if your fetish is talking about, you know, different things that you've done or th different things that you've seen, you know, different porn that you watch, you know, if that's what gets you off. But like, if you're telling me about it, it, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. It makes me want to avoid you at all costs. So this is our segment for what are you listening to, what are you watching, or what are you reading, where we're going to talk about any type of media that we enjoy. So you might get some video games, you might get some manga, you might get some comic books, you might get some documentaries, who knows. So, E, what have you been enjoying lately? Well, for music, I've been just listening to a lot of Corpse. He's like a more of a YouTuber youtuber musician almost i never heard of him i'll send you a few links of him he has like a really deep and noticeable voice that he used to use for story time okay make sure you post it on our uh, facebook group too so the listeners can 
enjoy it too. Okay, I'll, I'll post one of the songs, more of the safer for work songs. <laughs> cool. But I've also been, I just finished a novel called uh, The Whisper Man. That's interesting. Yeah, it's about like uh, these, uh, the father and son trying to get over the death of their uh, mom and wife. So they moved to a new location, but the new location is supposedly haunted with this entity that kidnaps kids. Oh. Yeah. And so it, this is a fiction? It's a fiction story, yeah. I, oh, okay. I primarily read fiction. Sweet. And A, what have you been enjoying listening? Or Well, basically since um, Abbey Road and the River happened this past uh, Memorial Day weekend, I've, of course, been on a Beatles binge. Um, I've been mainly listening to Paul McCartney because his 80th birthday is coming up on June 18th. Um, so some of the songs of his that I've been listening to, they're his solo songs. Um, I've been listening to 1985, which I love the melody to that song. Um, Let Me Roll It. And... Um, it's a very obscure song. It has a very, like, 80s techno beat, and it, it's not a very well-known song of his, but it's called Temporary Secretary. I've been listening to that a lot as well. And then um, as far as what I've been uh, watching, of course, I've been watching um, Beatles videos on YouTube. Um, there's this one channel called Holly Hobbs, and I'll put in the link in our uh, social media sites but um he d does really good videos on like beatles like their songs albums um the meaning to like some of their songs different information about them plus he does um different videos on other artists like rolling stones um janice joplin like people like that that um were popular around the time that the beatles were popular Okay. So I've been watching a lot of documentaries on Netflix. One documentary I would suggest everybody check out would be The Pharmacist. It is about a murder that happened and how a father basically took on the drug companies. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to give it away, but it's definitely like. So it's kind watching. of like more of a murder mystery in a way. Yes, yeah. Okay. But it's okay. real. It's a true story. Well, yeah, well, as soon as you hear documentary, I'm hearing, like, some semblance of truth. So, yeah. so more of a murder mystery, and you're just seeing how it unfolded. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I would say I would say that. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, so that does sound interesting, you know, like, murder mysteries and all that. Yeah, he, he, he takes on the pharmaceutical company and, like, tries to clean up his community. Okay, now that sounds yeah. actually pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, it's really good. And as far as music, I've been listening to, now anyone who knows me, I love, 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 love Little Kim. I've been listening to her. She's actually performed in the uh, official Yulao, uh Pride concert out in um, L.A. recently. So, of course, I've been watching every little clip that's on my Instagram so that's who I'm listening to is right now before we close out we'd like to wish everybody a happy Juneteenth we just like to remember that was the day the last of the slaves were emancipated and 
if you don't know what Juneteenth is, please do some research. It's definitely worth learning because it's an important part of a history of America and it's very important to me as a black person. So I want to say happy Juneteenth. And also this month is Pride. I would like to say happy Pride Month to everybody out there. You know, LGBTQ, <laughs> so many letters. And um, be on the lookout. We're going to have uh, some interviews coming up that we're doing for Pride. And they will be very interesting. And you won't want to miss it. Thank you all for listening. And please check out all of our social medias. We'll probably have a link in the description below if it's available. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Yes, stay tuned. And we'll see you later. And continue to listen up. And... Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>